in my small group ministry, I find that you say suffering or you say pain or you say grief and people automatically say, oh, can't go there. Not because it's too painful. It's just because we have this idea that the Christian life is all kindness and happiness. Welcome, podcast listeners. This is the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we do our best to go beyond programs, beyond best practices, and beyond curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and to explore the foundations for small groups that are organized to beat the devil and that produce disciples of Jesus Christ, who in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries. Uh, Before we roll into our interview, I want to give a couple notes here. First, I got to meet one of the podcast listeners, R.C. Mulbear, uh, and I hope I'm saying your last name correctly, R.C. R.C. is the Associate Director of Leadership Development for the Indiana Conference and had an opportunity to meet him when he was in town for a conference on lay leadership. So it was a pleasure to meet you, R.C. Also want to thank Ryan Wiggins at Rye Wig. gave a real nice compliment on Twitter. So I appreciate that, Ryan. And correct me if I'm wrong about your last name. Um, so now we're going to roll into our interview with Lauren Miller. Lauren is the Minister of Discipleship at Gay Street United Methodist Church in Mount Vernon, Ohio, where she's been for the last four years. Uh, Lauren and I serve on the National Board of Directors for CEF. We had a conversation a couple nights ago at dinner that I, I, I found really intriguing, really meaningful, and so um, we decided to have a little more conversation about that, a little more formally um, on, on this on this podcast. Um, to, to know Lauren a little more, she has been in ministry for 28 years. She's been at 10 different churches in a variety of different areas. I think she'll mention that. Uh, also of interest, uh, I found interesting, she also has a bachelor's degree in animal husbandry, which, you know, might have some relevance. We'll see. Um, also stick around after the interview. I'll have a few comments and talk about the book giveaway. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad you're on the call from rainy Ohio, Mount Vernon, Ohio, at Gay Street United Methodist Church. So I'm going to let you get us started. Tell us about Gay Street United Methodist Church. Well, Gay Street is a uh, traditional church. It's in downtown Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon is a town of 16,000 people. It's the county seat. Okay. Um, but it is also in rural Ohio, so um, we are surrounded by farmland, and uh, we are uh, one of the downtown churches. It was established in 1832, I believe, okay. 1832, and uh, we have been in this church since uh, 1928, and it is, of course, quite an imposing structure because it was built in the 20s. You know, beautiful stained glass windows. Mighty and fortress is our church. A mighty <laughs> fortress is our church. That's right, exactly. And it has it has a beautiful organ. Um, music is is very well loved here at this church. Um, it is one of the strengths of this church. And our DS has said that we are the most liturgical church in, uh, at least in the district, if not in okay. several districts. So we are, um, we are traditional through and through. Um, I have been here for uh, going on four years, and I am the Minister of Discipleship. 
And that means that I am in charge of the discipleship for children, you know, birth through senior adults. Okay. And um, I have come from churches in which I was charged to do the work along with others. Okay, yeah. But the church, um, this church, I am charged more to work with the adults who work with those people, with those groups. Okay. Uh, Right. So I'm not always the one who is there doing everything. I'm more of a coordinator, guider, resourcer. Gotcha. You know, what I think of as uh, more or less, more or less a principal than, oh, okay. than teacher. Right. Okay. Yeah, so that makes sense. I, I kind of fit in that role. Um, and I came to Gay Street from Loveland, Colorado. I have been, um, from North Carolina, Georgia, in Florida, and my last church was in Loveland, Colorado. So you've um, got a variety of experiences throughout the whole connection. You've experienced I, a lot. I, yes. Yes. Ten churches across oh. all of those states. Connectional. Uh, like your middle name should be Connectional. Lauren. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, because of my husband's job, I would follow him um, wherever he went. And so... That's, that's what I have done until recently um, okay. when he retired. So, um, but in Loveland, I, was, um, I worked with the children. I was the director of Christian education, but I uh, mostly worked with the children and the adults okay. that worked with them. Um, but I have felt a call and an excitement around discipleship across the age groups, mm. you know, the whole, a whole church discipleship. And I have gotten excited right. around that probably for the last, you know, five, eight years. And, right. and um, when they downsized in Loveland, Colorado, mm. and I found this church that was looking for okay. someone specifically to do that. They were looking for you. They were, yes, they were looking for me. <laughs> um, they were looking specifically for someone to come and uh, create with the church a discipleship path. And mm. so um, that's how I ended up here. All right, good. That leads us right to the next question. Then tell us about how that's going, this discipleship path creation and how the church is receiving that and what that looks like at Gay Street United Methodist Church. Well, as well as uh, Gay Street having a very deep history with music, mm -hmm. it has also as as any uh, older church right they had a uh adult class that has been in operation forever and okay. um an adult class uh, yes an adult class singular okay so we are a 550 member church okay um, we only have two sunday school classes and mm -hmm. one was created since i have been here oh so, wow okay so <laughs> that's we a really new one <laughs> right exactly so we um, with this strong music, um, music, uh, program or ministry, we have not had the coordinating spiritual formation piece okay. for, for many years, for many so years. It really, it, it really only came through music for the most part. That was yes. sort of the primary way. And I'm sure those who are musical and there are those who think musically. And as, as you and I have talked about, I have none of that. Uh, but for those <laughs> who do, that's a great avenue to learn and to grow. But for those who don't, like me, we need something different. Right. Right. That is not to say, exactly. It's not to say that music does not form us spiritually because it right. does. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I can recognize that even if I gave it a yeah. cap. I, I have a good friend who says that she is taken to another place. She mm. is taken to another place where she appreciates God more as she is involved in the music. You know? yeah, I hear other people say that. I have yet to experience yeah. that, but I hear <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> so that is not to say that is not an important part of our, of our yeah. spiritual formation. It is, sure. but we do not have a coordinating um, Bible emphasis on, on studying scripture, emphasis on prayer. Gotcha. Um, uh, we are a very service-oriented church, so we have those two pieces very firmly okay. in place. Um, so... Um, I came and I started working with a, a group of people on a discipleship plan because okay. I knew that if I came, because I did have, I had an idea. I had an idea. I was going to come to church. I was going to like lay this idea out and boy, it was going <laughs> to, it was going to be wonderful. You and, had the roadmap. Um, no, it did not work because wow. it did not fit this church. Mm. Gotcha. And I discovered that and the longer that our group was together, and we were together a year um, before we came to this idea that because we are a traditional church firmly grounded in the Wesleyan tradition, that our discipleship plan needed to be the covenant cross, right? Okay. So the, the worship, devotion, compassion, justice. Yeah, based on our general rule of discipleship. Right. Yep, okay, exactly. good. Yes, so um, that's what we came to. And so that is what we are forming our discipleship plan for everybody off of. And I have been working with a woman who um, has been teaching the middle schoolers. Okay. Uh, we worked for probably six months on a youth curriculum for the Sunday school that was around this around this thought of the of the covenant cross and so the, each unit they they one unit they talk about worship another unit they talk about devotion another unit they talk about service and 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 pieces that go along with this how do they live in a world community how do they live what does it mean to live in a church community and um so we have pieces that fit into each of those and what the kids should be taking away from each of those units is something to put in their spiritual toolbox so that they they um not only talk about worship but how are they involved in worship and what does that mean to them they not only talk about what it means to have a devotional life but we practice with them the spiritual disciplines so that they can say, oh, that resonated with me. I love to journal. Uh, that is the way that I can connect with God. Or I, can, I connect to God through music. Or I connect to God through dance. Or whatever their, their gifts are. Or whatever, however they connect to God is what we want to give them. So that when they leave this church and go wherever they're going to be going, they can recall that and say, oh, I can do that um, while I'm working on my, you know, in, in business. I can do that while I'm at college. I can do that right. wherever I go. Um, so that is, that is our idea. And it, has, it is formed solidly out of that covenant cross. Um, so now we are starting to work on um, children and we are starting to work on the adult piece also. Okay. 
Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's still in the beginning stages then, the children and the adults and- Yes, it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. although I, I did go on a retreat uh, for two and a half days and I came back with the strategy to put the adult piece in place. So um, have talked over with uh, the, our senior pastor. And so we have, we have some concrete steps that we're going to take now in the adult area. Well, good. Maybe we'll have to check back with you in, you know, six months, a year and see how that's progressing, right? Yeah. So, so you're using the same foundation of the general rule of discipleship in terms of worship and justice and devotion. And so for that as well, so it'll all marry, it'll all, it'll all be parallel. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how do, how do our adults connect into and practice through the, the covenant cross? Yeah. And so that also means that I need to supply the resources. The church needs to supply the resources for people have to have to understand what that means. Mm. You know, um, is there something that I can do beyond um, the upper room? Right. Um, so the upper room can be an entry point to devotion, but is there something then deeper that a next step that I can go that could be deeper? Yeah. Um, so that. Yeah, I think that leads us into the, the, we were having a conversation the other night at dinner, we were together and we were comparing and contrasting small groups for the people's experiences in small groups. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came up um, that was, I, I felt insightful, I felt a lot of energy with, that, with this conversation was this need for guidance from the church, right? That, that people can't just pick and choose well, I encounter God this way, and so I'm only going to focus this way and at the exclusion of all these others. And that's one of the benefits of the general rule of discipleship is this balanced way of discipleship. You can't just sort of pick and choose which one. Mm -hmm. It's got to be balanced. And so let's pick up that conversation a little bit and, and talk about the need for guidance from the church in terms of growing people as disciples. So. Um, I mean, there are people who have been in the church for many, many years. I mean, from, ch from their childhood all the way up to now they're senior adults. Mm -hmm. And I've heard this time and time again as I'm in Bible study um, with them, is that they will say, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that. Because worship is just a small piece. And usually that's yeah. our entry point into the church is, is yeah. worship. Yeah. Right, but we only get a small part of understanding in worship. It needs right. to be strengthened um, and and guided into something deeper. Yeah, with a coordinating ministry, right? Which is why we go into Bible study so that we can study it deeper than the point or two that we that we get um, during worship. And so that that is where uh, the church comes into it because we have this great great background of resources and i can see right. that in your in your office right you have all these <laughs> on your shelves behind you and, and yes, so I does do. i mean I, if i turn if you if i turn my computer you would see i would have all these books also so we yeah. um because um it's not easy for people to go out and and find their own resources we right. have those where we can supply people with, yes. why don't you read this book? I, I got so much out of it. It has really affected my relationship with God. 
why, you know, read it, tell me what you think. Yeah. Um, so we have, we have the resources that we can, that we can pass on. That's right. And I think that's a really important, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The resources are, you know, are so, so there's so much to them as the church, right? And sometimes we've forgotten that, especially as Protestants, we've sort of thrown the baby out with the bathwater in terms of spiritual practices. And so people have, and I was having a conversation with someone else about this just yesterday, people have chosen to go to other spiritual places, practices, I don't know if religions is the right word, or not, because we haven't fed them that way, right? When we have so, I mean, the, the church from the early on has passed on to us different ways to pray, different experiences um, like labyrinths, experiences like retreat settings. Uh, there's so many, uh, you know, fasting, the means of grace, right? All of these practices are, are there for people's benefits that they don't know about, or if they do, they don't, they're uncomfortable practicing them. I mean, let, let's just take one that you've already named, and that's worship. One of the things I'm coming to realize is, uh, I th it seems to me churches think people know how to worship intuitively. And I, and I think really what they know how to do is be entertained intuitively. Mm -hmm. So how right. do we help them worship better, right, as a spiritual practice? It's mm -hmm. a way of hearing God. Um, I'll stop talking now because, uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> this so gets me excited, I, as you can tell. Two things that I was thinking about as, as you were um, talking is that, uh, number one, I found a magazine in the grocery store the other day, and it's called Mindfulness. Oh, sure. It is, it is directed toward women, and, and the cover said, you know, to a more kind and happier life, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, well, we do want a more kind and happier life, right? Sure. But um, at the same time, that doesn't teach us how to, um, how to cope with those times when life is not happy and not kind. <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> right. right. Um, <laughs> well, it's putting the cart before the horse, right? I mean, we get there through Jesus. Mm -hmm. A relationship, uh, an eternal relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as opposed to just the end product right right yeah and and that means embracing that means embracing all of all of life mm, as it yeah, comes, because, because we know that christ is there in all of life and 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 that is um that is something in in my small group ministry i find that um, you say suffering or you say pain or you mm. say grief and people automatically say oh can't go there um not not because it's too painful it's just because we have this idea that the christian life is all kindness oh, and yeah. happiness right and that we haven't um understood how as you said throwing the baby out with the bathwater, mm. that we have left those traditions of our of our um earlier uh religions you know from where we came from the catholic yeah. church way back yeah. we have we have not, we are beginning to embrace those understandings again. I think so, um, yeah. But it's not, um, it's not intuitive. It's, you know, we want to be happy. We want to be, and so we go from happiness to happiness instead of embracing what can be deep down. Yeah. 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 
I think when that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, I think one practice that's, I see resurfacing in Protestant world is the prayer beads. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I remember growing up in prayer beads was, Ooh, that was for Catholics. Like, don't don't, don't touch those. It was almost like it was evil, (laughs) like an Ouija board or something, you know, don't (laughs) touch the prayer beads. Um, But now I see that sort of making a resurgence and, 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 and perhaps icons will as well in terms of things that can help us visually, tangibly, uh, to stay focused as we pray, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're not praying to the prayer read. <laughs> we're praying right. to God, uh, but right. to help us. And, and so there's all these resources, right? Books are one of them, experiences that as the church, we can help people experience. And small groups are a great way to practice those. Exactly. Right, let's do this together and just practice. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like sort of setting it up that way. People feel a little more comfortable to say, I'll try it. Because they don't have to think, well, this is weird. Well, yeah, it's weird. It's okay. Like, that's okay. <laughs> so yeah, we're practicing with it. It, you know? it. it either resonates with you or it doesn't, you know? And that's yeah. okay if it doesn't resonate with you because there are other ways that we can introduce you to. That's right. I know one of the practices the church that I go to does is a walk, like spiritual walk, that they mm-hmm. go and walk and do some discernment work as you walk. And I think that's another easy, great way to, to do, to help groups discern who they are and who God is calling them to be together, right? And that's one of the main benefits of being in a small group is encountering God in this group together mm-hmm. with, with one another, right? And that's definitely one of the things we talked about the other night was uh, the two idols that I tend to name a lot are individualism and consumerism. Individualism, I can find my way to God. I don't need, I don't need anyone else. I don't need your help. Right. Uh, consumerism is in, um, I can, I can discern the best way for my own needs. Mm-hmm. That's probably not the best way to say that, but it gets added a little bit. Um, and the church is, is kind of waving its hand saying, no, 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 we can help. Right. <laughs> There's this right. much bigger resource of, you know, the cloud, great crowd of great cloud of witnesses that can, can help you along this journey that for those who've paved this road already, you don't have to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Comments on that thoughts. Yeah, the the individualism, the whole the whole thought of um, I'm going to go church shopping mm-hmm. to find the place to find the place where I feel I feel um, what I need to get from that place. Right. And and I understand, I understand you go, you try to find a place where you belong, but if you walk into a place and say, Oh, I don't like this music or, Oh, I don't connect with, um, you know, the person sitting next to me, or if I don't, if, if there's something about it that you would walk into a grocery store also as kind of same concept. Yes, it is. You know, these, um, these cashiers just aren't meeting my needs and you know i don't like this about this store and i don't like that about this store so we think that we know what we need and we go and we try to find that and instead of saying um i come into a group of people and i and it i will it will take some time but i will be long you know, mm-hmm. belonging. And, mm-hmm. and I understand that people want to feel that when, 
when they do walk into a church. They, yeah, we all want to think that we belong and feel that we belong. So I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not negating that piece of it. I'm just saying that sometimes we have in our heads what we think we need. That's right. And we go to try to find something in the church that fits what we think we need. That's right. When the church actually has all these other pieces to offer you. That's right. For your journey with God. Um, That's right. But we need to be open to that piece that we are part of a community and trying to explain this to our youth and our children is that we, you know, we go out on a mission trip. We think we have something that other people need. Right. Right. So we go and we offer that and kids come back and say, I got so much from the family that I served. Right thinking I'm going to go and do something for someone else because I'm going to be kind and loving. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, is that because of the community I entered at the mission site, I came away and I was changed because of the interaction with those people. That's right. So, um, and also I talk about justice, the the justice piece of our covenant cross Mm -hmm is that is something, yes, we can do that individually, but right, many voices make change. Mm. So we gather together as a church. Our church has a bigger voice Mm -hmm. to make a change in policy or make a change in, uh, you know, putting something forward in the government or, you know, having, raising our voices and saying, this is not right. We, the church as a whole, has a greater voice than each individual does. Yeah. So we gather our voices to make change. Um, and so that's another reason why we gather together um, so that, so that we can grow, we can, we can not only transform it to disciples, but we, right. We transform the world. (laughs) There you go. Well, and, and, uh, you know, those two examples are great in that one of the things, people don't tend to realize is that we encounter God through those experiences, mm-hmm. right? Just like we encounter God in worship and we encounter God when we're reading scripture and when we're praying, we also encounter God when we think we're going to serve and bring <laughs> something to someone. Um, right. Often when we're open to that experience, it's there that we find Christ. Like Christ was already there. Right. <laughs> Christ, Christ was already there. And then we get our, our, our capacity for compassion and love for others grows. Mm-hmm. As we do advocacy work, right, our compassion and empathy grows. We we grow through those experiences. It's not necessarily that we're doing this for someone else. We're doing this because we grow through them. We need them. Right. Those are great last, uh, last summer, we had a missionary come from uh, Europe, and he spoke to us. And he uh, his Bible story was about uh, Peter encountering the uh, eunuch. Uh, okay. and. Yep. And him and, and Peter opening the scripture up to the eunuch. And he, his point was God was already there with mm-hmm. the eunuch. Yep. And Peter was joining God in that work. That's right. And immediately after that, the next week, our youth went on their mission trip. And they saw that happen. Mm-hmm. And they made that connection between the point Mm-hmm. of the scripture of, of the preaching and of that worship service they saw it lived out came alive yeah. that's right it came alive god is already here working in this community 
and we're joining God there. That really puts us in our, in our place, doesn't it? It's like, right. We're just yeah. servants in the kingdom. Like that's all we are, wherever we go. Mm -hmm. Mission trip. We're just servants of the kingdom. This has been great. Any other last wisdom, words of wisdom you'd give for those doing small group ministry? Um, really, it's the ch it's the challenge that we need to give the people in in small groups. Now, we can we can go to small groups and have fun and you know have fellowship around the table and yeah. and, and, and that's important. It is. It is because again, that's where we get the sense of belonging yeah. to God's family. Yeah. So yes, that is absolutely important. But if we are kept there, mm -hmm. if that is the only takeaway that we have from the church, we have not, we have not grown into the disciples that that Christ wants us to grow into. And so, talking about resources, um, I just got a resource from a friend to help me grow my folks or and myself also because i'm a part of the small group yeah. um he was he was sharing with me how he was helping people in his small groups okay. grow and and how do we challenge them how do we help them address the questions that they need to address to be transformed hmm. and um you, and it, it's a long process, you know, and I don't have control over people's <laughs> formation, but I can put the questions out there for them to think about yeah. and for them to ponder and for God to work through those questions with them. That's right. Um, so, yeah, you work uh, as that guide. I mean, exactly. it, you, know, you know, not many people know this. But you told me just a minute ago, so now I know <laughs> right, that your bachelor's degree is in animal, animal husbandry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we were comparing animals and humans. And we're and I think both are complacent, right? I mean that, mm -hmm. that natural inclination for complacency. And our job is to prod and provoke and to push and to help nurture in, in ways that we know works. Mm -hmm. Right. And so right. it's amazing how these degrees that we get years and years ago somehow still relate to what we're doing now right <laughs> yes they do i mean it's it's amazing <laughs> trying to yeah trying to prod people out of their uh, out of their stubbornness and out of their habits that they have developed because anybody right. who's worked in a dairy barn knows that the cows know which stall is theirs when they go in to be milked mm. you know if you still have stanchions and so i'm um, trying to if they get in a wrong one trying to get them out and into their own sometimes you know is it's a struggle or or trying to move them to another one because yeah so they're stubborn and great and parable it is <laughs> that'll preach right there somebody got a sermon out of that one uh, i'm channeling my inner steve manscar who's just talking in my head now talking about how we help give people holy habits mm -hmm, right and right from one stall to another right that's that's, mm -hmm. that's the work we're doing is here's these holy habits to help you grow in holiness. well this has been a lot of fun thank you so much for your wisdom and blessings on your work and i hope we'll catch up soon So a few quick comments, takeaways from my conversation from Lauren. It was fascinating to hear how they've used covenant discipleship, uh, at least the uh, the pieces that go, the, the general rule of discipleship and how that comes out in youth ministry and how that's beginning to roll into their adult ministry. I look forward to hearing how that goes for her. Uh, one of the things that, again, that, that I took away with was, you know, the, the church's need to, to, to give guidance 
to uh, helping form disciples. And, and certainly one of the ways I think that that can happen in a pretty easy way is just help help participants learn what does it mean to worship well. Um, so that's one quick way. Um, and I think that can happen in small groups. That can happen uh, just in informational type setting, an event type setting. But I, I hope you heard some some ways in which they're doing, just learning to, to do dis- married discipleship and small groups together. That's something we're always striving for. Uh, so I hope that was a helpful interview for you. I know I enjoyed, always enjoy talking with Lauren. I'm also, I've still got some books left, so if you want to send me your email, give me some suggestions for a future uh, podcast uh, topic or a person to interview or a church you'd like to know more about or just want to say hi, send me, send me an email. You can find my email on our website, umcdiscipleship.org. My email address is shughes at umcdiscipleship.org. I hope you'll reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Rev Scott's Tweets, also at UMC Adult Form for adult formation. And before I go, I want to give credit where credit is due for all those who helped make this podcast possible. Uh, big thanks to Blake, our technical director, Matt Carlisle, our web producer, and Steve Horswell Johnson, our executive producer. And so we look forward to engaging with you, being in ministry with you. Um, And until next time. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.